Welcome! You're listening to Uncommon Sense, and I'm Doug Morgan. Before we get going to the podcast today, I wanted to remind you, you can support the podcast by going to UncommonSensePodcast.com. There you can go to the shop and you can get some Uncommon Sense merchandise. We are working diligently to try to get you the best in merchandise, uh, the highest quality. We bring things in. We've already brought some stuff in, some t-shirts and some uh, cups and things like this. Uh, and, and some of it we have rejected. We just said, you know what, if you're going to support the podcast, we want to make sure that you get a good quality item and, uh, and that's not uh, the quality that, uh, that we like. And so we've done away with some of that and we've uh, brought in other stuff and said, this is good. And we're going to put that up for sale. So, you know, we, we definitely want to get you something that is, uh, of high quality. We are working uh, diligently to try to get more and more items there. Some new things are, are coming up. So, uh, if you haven't been there for a little bit, I, you know, I, I encourage you to go back and take a look from time to time and see what the new merchandise is, because uh, we are definitely wanting to, to put more and more uh, items on there uh, for your consumption. But uh, getting into today's podcast, uh, I, wanted, I, I got thinking back to one of my very first jobs I ever had. And there was a, a man by the name of Mr. Cater, <laughs> and, and he was a Christian man, and he owned a farm where he did a number of different things. Uh, he, he was actually a violin teacher, believe it or not. Uh, he, um, but, but one of the things he did was he owned a lot of property, and what uh, he did with the property was he had a Marionberry farm. And... This may have been the start of my love of Marionberries. I don't know, <laughs> but but he hired me to help work on the farm, and and I was uh, one of the ones that would carry the the pipes. Uh, you know, we we had to do the. The, the piping by hand and we would have to move them we didn't have the wheeled things or or whatever we we had to actually literally move the piping water piping uh, by hand and uh, and then when the time came to uh, to, to harvest and, and to get the berries then uh, you know I helped run uh, all, all of the pickers and and get them their their money and and weigh everything in and that type of thing so did a lot of stuff around the farm and you know, it. I learned a lot of things from that very first job. Uh, one of the things was I learned how to drive a stick shift car, <laughs> a pickup. <laughs> we uh, we had uh, you know a number of uh, interesting uh, situations and scenarios happen with that. Where I actually almost one time almost ran into the well house and <laughs> took out the well. But anyway, that's for another podcast. <laughs> um, you know, what? Uh, one of the things that I also learned is good character and what, what is in the heart comes out. And that's, of course, a biblical concept. Uh, I can remember one time when Mr. Cater uh, was going to pull uh, a whole trailer full of just freshly picked Marion berries on pallets, and he was pulling it uh, to uh, go uh, put it onto the truck. And unfortunately, he took a little uh, corner a little too uh, tight, and the, there was a, a, a hole there, and, and the whole trailer literally tipped over, spilling all of those berries that he'd paid, he'd paid the pickers and, and all that already, spilling all those berries onto the ground and ruining them all. So uh, at the time that, that that happened, you know, he, I can, I still can remember the very first thing that came out of his mouth. And the very first thing was, you know, I didn't even think about cursing. 
<laughs> I always thought that was at the time that was a weird thing to say, like the very first thing. But it, but it, it, it even amazed him that you know, even in a, such a trying time, that that what was in his heart came out, and it wasn't a curse word. <laughs> and so, anyway, that I, I learned that you know, character is is a is a big deal. And I also work uh, learned a work ethic um, because work ethic is not something that you just know it is literally something you have to learn and so i learned a really good work ethic while i worked there um but in, with that in mind i i have seen uh individuals like aoc uh, who uh, tweeted out not long ago that anything less than a 15 dollar an hour wage is uh, legislating poverty <laughs> and 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 others, uh, Bi- President Biden calling for you know fifteen dollar an hour wage. They tried to get that through in the last stimulus package. Uh, there's there, there's so much uh, conversation around this fifteen dollar an hour wage that uh, when uh, Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire uh, this article came by, I thought you know this is something we need to talk about. And it starts out here by saying that minimum wage is. Uh, predicated on a very stupid notion. The notion is that employers are essentially Scrooge McDuck. (laughs) They've got a giant money bin, and the money bin is filled with all of their profits. And if only we could pry that money bin open and hand all of that cash over to the workers, they would be better off. There's only one problem. The minimum wage does not accomplish what it seeks to accomplish. Here's the deal. Here's how wages are set. It is relevant um, effectively to two factors. Factor one is the price people are willing to pay for a product. You can't charge a bunch of money for labor if the product is going to be sold for a much lower price. So let's say that you're, you're buying a hamburger for a buck. You can't then pay somebody $5 an hour to make that hamburger or you'll lose money. So what people are willing to pay for a product is one of the factors in determining the price of labor. The other factor is determining the price of labor in the, in the market for labor. So for example, if, if there are five people on the planet Earth uh, who, who cook a hamburger, you're not going to be able to pay them $5 an hour. It's going to be very, very expensive because again, high demand, low supply. Supply and demand are the name of the game when it comes to setting wages and setting prices. And essentially, all wages are a price for labor. I mean, that, that is what, uh, what you're being, when you get paid a salary or an hourly wage, uh, you're being paid for your time. Your time is is valuable, and and when uh, and and one of the things that they're paying you for is that time, and they're also paying you for your skill, and you know even your experience, which goes to skill, but it is essentially paying you for that time and how valuable that time is. Like for instance, the article uh, goes on here to say basketball players get paid an enormous amount of money, not because of the social value they create, but because there is an enormous demand for excellent basketball players. And they, and there are not very many of them. By contrast, janitors who provide an enormous social value are not paid very much money. The reason being, 
the number of people who are capable of doing a janitor's job is very high. So high supply and the amount of demand is sort of in the middle. So minimum wage jobs are typically the kind of jobs that are, you know, middling demand, but extremely high supply. Lots of people are qualified to do these jobs. And that, and that means that employers are not going to pay an enormous amount of money for those particular jobs. Now, in reality, the number of people who are working in, in pure minimum wage jobs, uh, that's $7.25 an hour in, in, in most states, is actually extraordinarily low. Now, I, this is, this is kind of interesting. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics in, in 2017, there were about 80 million people who were working hourly wage jobs. Only about 542,000 were working at federal minimum wage of $7.25 an hour. Another 1.3 million were actually working for below that amount of money, which means that grand total in terms of, of people who are being paid an hourly wage only about 2.3% at it let me repeat this only about 2.3% of all people being paid an hourly wage were either making minimum wage or below did you hear what i just said just a shade over 2% of people making an hourly wage were making a minimum wage or below that's because again the market for labor is typically above the minimum wage most people who are going to be working an hourly wage are going to be working for more than minimum wage. So who exactly are these minimum wage workers? Well, they're typically not the single mom, you know, age 35 with three kids. A, a quarter of minimum wage workers are under 25. In fact, 8% of all teenagers are working for minimum wage. What does this mean? It means that minimum wage jobs very often are the first jobs that people take. Many, many people start in minimum wage jobs and then work their way up the food chain. This, this means that minimum wage jobs are particularly attractive for both employers and employees for people who, you know, don't have tremendous level of skill. Actually, about, you know, two-thirds of people in minimum wage jobs are, are going to be earning more than minimum wage within a year of being in that minimum wage job. Uh, you know, like for instance, when I was on on the berry field with Mr. Cater, uh, a lot of people could do that job. They could literally lift those those um, pipes and and um, and weigh in, you know, the berries and and to, you know clip the the plants and all that. And, and a lot of people could do that. And so I was making minimum wage, and that was okay because it was my starting job. I didn't have any other skills. I did I ha didn't have a, other experiences. And so this was me getting my feet wet and learning what it, what it meant to have a job. So what happens when you raise the minimum wage? Well, what happens when you artificially boost the price of labor? Well, a couple of things happen. The first thing is you push a bunch of people out of the market. You know, Thomas Sowell is fond of saying the minimum wage is never what the government says the wage is. A minimum wage is zero. So do you understand what he's saying here? Is that it, it, the minimum wage isn't $15 an hour or $7.25 or whatever whatever we set that at. The minimum, minimum wage is zero because there are going to be people that don't have a job. That's zero. Say, for example, there that there is a job that is currently being paid $8 an hour 
Now the federal government says that it's going to be paid $15 an hour. And the people who are, are um, you know, competing for that $15 an hour job were typically people who are going to be college educated. They're, you know, they're people who have more work experience because a $15 an hour job was not the lowest level of job that you could obtain. But now a $15 an hour job is the lowest level that you can obtain. And that means that if you are an employer, you're going to be looking for a college graduate to flip burgers as opposed to a high school graduate to do the same job. Uh, you, those people that don't have the college degree, they're, they're at a severe disadvantage here is what, is what he's saying because it, it, if you're going to pay $15 an hour, you're going to want somebody who has a higher level of skill or who has a higher level of education or, or experience, not somebody who you're having to train. All the people who have those high school degrees, well, you know, those are people kicked out of the labor market in favor of people with a college degree that, that employers are now looking to fill at $15 an hour. Be, because again, the value of the job has not actually changed. It's just that now you're opening up that job to a new pool of labor. So what does the minimum wage actually do? Well, it creates artificial uh, disparities uh, in the labor market. In fact, according to Seoul, in 1948, the black unemployment rate for teenagers was 10%. Okay? Since the advent of the higher and higher minimum wages, the black unemployment rate has never been lower than 20%. That's double. And has often been higher than 50%. Because again, the people being pushed out of the labor markets are the people who most need those jobs. As Sol notes, if if you go back to say 1950, you know 48, 49, 50, you find that at that time, the unemployment rate among black teenagers was a fraction of what it is today, and there certainly wasn't any less racism than there is today. What a what what was different was that at that time the minimum wage law was a decade old it was a decade of inflation and the law hasn't been changed so for all practical purposes it didn't exist there is not actually a partisan point of view you know this is this is this this is not a, a partisan point of view the the congressional budget office recently uh, evaluated joe biden's plan for the 15 dollar an hour uh, federal minimum wage and they found that over the course of the next few years it would improve the salaries of 900,000 people okay so that that's not not bad right but it would put a 1.4 million people out of work <laughs> great so we're we're improving you know a little these 900,000 people, but we're putting 1.4 million people out of work and all the other things that come with the increased um, minimum wage as well. The reason being that when you artificially boost the price of labor, people don't just magically come up with, with the money. Instead, they fire a bunch of people or they, you know, they automate a bunch of those jobs. And the, and the people who who retain their jobs, make the higher minimum wage. Everybody else, again, 
they make Thomas Sowell's minimum wage of zero. That's what we're talking about. They lose their jobs. And in 2015, Seattle raised its minimum wage from about $9.50 an hour to about $10.50 an hour. And then a year later, they raised it again to about $13 an hour. And the second boost in, in pay actually boosted the wages by about 3%. But what it also did is that it reduced the number of hours worked by about 9% of the net loss of income. Okay. Then there is a problem with the federal minimum wage. You may have noticed that New York does not look like Mississippi, right? <laughs> I mean, not even close, right? Neither does California. And this is one of the problems. The price of labor in these places is very, very different. So, for example, a $15 minimum wage in Los Angeles is going to pay for a studio apartment. Maybe, right? However, a $15 minimum wage in Mississippi is actually higher than the median age right now. The median wage right now is less than $15 an hour in Mississippi. The median wage, like the guy in the middle in Mississippi right now is at $14.22 an hour. That means that the guy working in Mississippi for $15 an hour can probably afford a small house. Creating a federal minimum wage that applies equally across all the states is just completely idiotic. It actually puts out the work, it puts out of work more people in the states where the pay is already the lowest. So it hurts those people in the states where wages are already the, 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 the lowest in the nation. It hurts those uh, unproportionately. So, who is hurt when minimum wage is forced higher? The businesses hurt the worst uh, by the increase in minimum wage are not big businesses. They are, in fact, small businesses. Small businesses already have a tough time competing with big businesses, and they're unable to, you know, to, to aggregate their costs. They, they have fewer sales. You know, when, when you're talking about, you know, Costco here, where, that, that deals on volume, or, or Walmart that deals on volume, and so they can make just a little bit on, on each thing, well, that, they're not going to be, be hurt because they're, they're, in, they're in volume. But when it's going to hurt the smaller business because it can't spread out it, the, the, the cost, the increased cost of labor, labor over a, a wide variety of, of income. You see, 14% said that they would have to cut work, worker hours. And 22% said they, they would be a loss of profit margin, which in the end would lead to hourly cuts of employees getting laid off. Now, raising minimum wage in a time of high unemployment is among the dumbest idea ever. <laughs> I would agree with him here. It is one thing to raise minimum wages when you are talking about a shortage of labor for you know desirable jobs. But when you're talking about a surplus of labor, well, then raising the minimum wage only means that you are creating a greater disparity between the business uh, what business ought to be paying in a free market and what businesses are now being forced to pay. That means more people are being put out of work at a time when you actually need 
more people employed. And then there's one big cost we haven't even talked about. And that is the cost of automation. If you're a trucker and you, you, you know, you, you do have to worry about the possibility that your boss is going to decide your labor is too expensive and then put some sort of machinery in the truck that drives the truck instead of you, right? I mean, that's, that, that's I'm sure, coming down the pike. The same thing has already happened to, to grocery stores all around the nation. When you artificially boost the price of labor a certain, at a certain point, the business figures, well, you know what? I don't have to deal with, with this union. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that, unions are a headache. And I don't want to deal with this labor. Why don't I just hire a machine? I don't have to, to pay the machine anything. The machine you know, doesn't need a living wage. In fact, the machine doesn't earn a wage at all. They have decided that burdens of labor are simply not worth the cost of labor. Now, right now, because low-wage jobs are, are still you know, cheaper than implementing that technology, people still have jobs. But at a certain point, when you artificially raise the price of labor, the machinery becomes cheaper than jobs. And at that point, you're going to see workers replaced entirely across a wide swath of American economy. And, and you know, it, it isn't going to stop at $15 an hour. I can guarantee you it's not going to stop at $15 an hour. So, I mean, you know, where, where, do they, where do they come up with, with the $15 an hour wage anyway? I mean, is that some magical number? I mean, where, where, did, the, where did that come from? Well, obviously, it, uh, it's just something that, that they picked out of, the, out of the air. Again, trying to buy your votes with your own money. And... And, and it's not going to stop at 15. 15, they're, they're not going to say, oh, well, okay, wow, we finally got $15 an hour. And so, boy, you know, we're, we're, we're going to stay there forever. No, that's not the case. In fact, squad member Rashid Talib is already calling for $20 an hour minimum wage. And if you, if, if you think that's crazy, well, you remember Tom Steyer? He ran for president and, 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 you know, obviously Biden beat him out in the primaries. He was a Democratic candidate for, for president. He's a billionaire and he's pushing for a $22 an hour minimum wage. So we, ha- we don't even have $15 an hour minimum wage. And you have a couple people here who are already fighting for $20 an hour or even $22. I mean, why? Why stop at 15? I mean, why not make it $50 an hour? Why not make it 60? Why not make it $100 an hour? If 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 you're truly if this is a really good thing and this is something that we that we need to get behind and we, and it's and it's it's it we're fighting poverty and we're we're doing all these great things for people. Then why not raise it to $100 an hour? Because obviously there are some terrible things that come with this. The bottom line is this. When you have officials setting artificial standards for the price of labor across the industry, across states, without regard to how businesses are actually run, you end up with more people out of work, fewer hours worked, and in the end, more people earning the minimum wage of zero. 
And that is that that is what it what it boils down to. When we see a minimum wage hike, what what is one of the very first things that we see? We see that that people lose their jobs. We see that that inflation starts to start to go up. We see people that that would normally have a, have a job and have have something that that they can they can enter into the labor force uh, with. Uh, suddenly, you you can't hire them any longer. And I wanted to read this. This comes from Matthew twenty, and it's Matthew twenty verse one, and it says this. It says. The kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house and went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, go into the vineyard too. And whatever is right, I will give you. So they went, and going out again about the sixth hour, and the ninth hour he did the same. And and about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others and found others standing. And he said to them, "Why do you stand here idle all day?" They said to him, "Because no one has hired us." He said to them, "Go into the vineyard too." And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, "Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now, when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more." But each of them also received a denarius, and on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, "These last workers、uh, worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and scorching heat." But he replied to、uh, to one of them, "Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius?" Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me, or do you begrudge begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. So I read that to you for this sake. Is it not okay? To have somebody say, "I want this work done." Somebody else say, "I need work. I have time to give. I have skill to give," and say, "You know what? I'll pay you this if you will do this for me." And that other one say, "I will do that for you if you pay me that." If they have an agreement to do a job for a certain amount, then why is it up to the government to come in and say that is not right? Because we need to be able to to there's there's a reason why there are low wage jobs and this is a good thing to have、It、is a good thing to have those jobs and by eliminating those we as a society are definitely not benefiting. You may agree, you may disagree. I would love to hear your comments. 
You can always go on to Facebook, Instagram. We're all on there. Uh, and you can always, of course, go to our website at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>